Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we are pleased to be joined by Dr. George Cushell and Dr. Richard Fortinsky from the Yukon Center on Aging. Good morning to both of you. Good morning, Aaron. Yes, well, good morning, Aaron. Tell us about the Yukon Center on Aging. How long have you been around and what do you do? We've both been around for for, for over 20 years now. And uh, I'm, I'm a physician. I'm a geriatrician and, 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 and gerontologist. Geriatrician is, is a physician who has expertise in, in clinical care of older adults. Gerontologist is somebody who studies aging. And I'll let uh, Dr. Fortinsky introduce himself. Sure. Uh, my background is in sociology. And so the research I do is focused often on behavioral issues uh, involving older adults, as well as social issues. So uh, Dr. Cushell and I complement each other in terms of our scientific backgrounds. Talk about the genesis of, of the center. How did it come to be? So actually, the, the genesis of the center preceded, uh, to, 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 to some extent, uh, the arrival of both of us in Connecticut and uh, occurred in the mid-980s and actually involved the uh, the Travelers Insurance Company, uh, which which uh, is, has named actually uh, the, the chair that I currently hold, the Travelers Chair in in Geriatrics and Gerontology, and came about came about through the vision back then uh, that issues having to do with with aging and older adults were likely to become very important in the coming decades, and uh, and there was a need for a multidisciplinary center. There is a center that would bring together. Uh, people from many different backgrounds, uh, different disciplines, different professional backgrounds to work together to help address issues of older adults, uh, help improve quality of aging from the clinical perspective in terms of teaching and, of course, in terms of research. And, and that vision, of course, to, to turned to be absolutely correct. And, and we're very, we wouldn't be here today without that. Talk about some of your research areas. And I know that you recently won a $7 million grant from the National Institutes of Health. We're going to get there in a second, but just broadly, talk about some of the areas that you you research and, and, and teach in. Well, I'd be, I'll begin by, by discussing it in a, in a more broader sense, because one of the, so what brings together everyone in the Yukon Center on Aging is, is a commitment to improving health and independence and quality of life in, older, in, in late life. 
really everything having to do with adding life to years rather than necessarily just adding years to life. And, and so everything we do is very much a team-based multidisciplinary science involving many different disciplines. And uh, the areas in which the, the Yukon Center on Aging is particularly active has to do with four major domains, if you will, having to do with health independence and late life. Uh, one has to do with prevent, maintaining mobility and preventing falls. Another one has to do with host defense, uh, obviously a very important topic right now, uh, given the, the COVID pandemic and fending off infection. Third area has to do with, uh, with memory and behavioral issues, incredibly important given all the concerns about dementia and Alzheimer's disease specifically. And the fourth has to do with voiding and, and, and bladder control. So it's kind of the four general areas that we work collect collectively addressing them from the perspective of basic wet bench science, laboratory science, as well as research involving uh, uh, clinical research involving older adults, as well as research that takes place um, in the out in the community. I would just add that uh, the focus of, of the work that I do is mostly in the community. So uh, we have been involved in a, several studies where we have visited the homes of many Connecticut citizens who have joined our studies to learn more about their health and how we might be able to help them through programs that we introduce in the home. So the community really is our laboratory for some of the work that we do. In addition to the campus-based um, bench laboratory um, that, that really uh, speaks more to the biology of aging. So that's one of the really unique features about the Yukon Center on Aging is that we have faculty investigators and other trainees who really span the, the whole spectrum of aging research from discovery in the laboratory all the way to implementing services to help older adults and their families who are living every day in the community throughout Connecticut and elsewhere. Now, the Center on Aging has just been awarded a $7 million NIH grant. Tell us what that money is going to be used for and how it will support your work. So basically, this is, uh, it, it, it's, it's called a, a Claude Pepper Center, Older Americans Independent Center. It's named after Claude Pepper, who was a, was a congressman and later senator from, from Florida in the 1970s and, and, and 80s and uh, and it's a it's a it's funded by National Institute on Aging and it's really a center of excellence uh, type of program designed specifically to support the best centers in the country that 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 that, that work towards um, research that helps uh, come up with new ways of maintaining independence of promoting and maintaining independence in late life. And then, so it's highly competitive. Uh, uh, there are uh, only 15 such centers in the country and it's a five-year award. And, uh, and uh, we are very, we're humbled and, and very excited to begin the work. The grant only just began uh, um, a couple of weeks ago, last month. I let, uh, I let uh, my colleague uh, dive a little bit into the details of how the grant is structured and, and, and what it will do, but it's really, it's really a, an incredible vehicle for us. First of all, it's 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 a it's a wonderful recognition from colleagues elsewhere of of who we are and where we are and, and what we've accomplished. Uh, but secondly, uh, much more important than the dollar figure is is what it will provide in terms of infrastructure and to let us to propel us towards really a, 
the, the next step of what we need to do in terms of moving forward and really, really uh, uh, transforming our university and transforming our, our surrounding communities in a, in a way that will allow us to, to, to really be even more leaders in, in this type of research and make an impact on, on our community. So I'll let Rick to kind of dive a little bit into the details of how, what, what the grant will actually do. Sure, thanks, George. One of the things that the Pepper Center is funded to do is to provide pilot study funding for investigators who have ideas that are novel and that really could help move our knowledge forward about how to, how to improve healthy aging. So we actually fund a variety of pilot studies, which we could not do without the, the funding uh, from the Pepper Center. And again, these can be pilot studies for any kind of science, ranging from, um, from basic biology all the way to community-based studies. Uh, secondly, there's funding to select what we call Pepper Scholars, which are usually junior-level faculty, early career faculty members who want to get into the field of aging, and this could really jumpstart them. So there's actually funding to cover their a portion of their salary and also to provide other resources that would help them begin to do some preliminary work in their area of interest. So the way the Pepper Center is set up is we, we uh, have competitions each year in the five years to select pilot studies and also to select Pepper scholars. And the whole idea really is that everybody who's been at the Center on Aging has an established research track record but now we're going to open up this opportunity to all investigators, any investigators throughout the University of Connecticut community. In so doing, what we want to do is expand the, the number of people who become skilled in doing research in the field of aging throughout the University of Connecticut, along with uh, our partner, uh, Jackson Laboratory for Genomic Medicine. So it really does provide resources, um, the Pepper Center does, to greatly expand the number of people who get involved in doing research to try to improve independence for older adults in the community. How closely linked is this to the idea of aging in place where, you know, older people are, are able to live independently as opposed to, say, in a nursing home? That's an excellent question, Aaron. There are many, many older adults living in Connecticut and elsewhere who may have some level of of uh, chronic illness and disability and who really want to stay at home. And many of the, the research initiatives that we have had at the Center on Aging and that we expect will continue through the Pepper Center are, uh, are, are tr is trying to figure out how to be able to keep them aging in place. But not just aging in place, but aging in place at an optimal level of health and well-being. And so that's really one of the one of the real features of, of the work that we do is that we really do try to find ways to keep older adults who are living in the community, even if they have some level of disability, to be able to keep living at their in their homes, which uh, which is really what aging in place is all about. So, George, if you want to add to that, oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that is one of the that is one of the ways that that that. Research programs such as this have an impact, both in terms of understanding what the needs of older adults in the community are, but also to come up with innovative ways of of, uh, of following people and 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 maintaining people in the community. All of which became so much more timely 
and essential given the, the COVID-19 pandemic in terms of taking care of our patients. As many of your listeners will know, uh, uh, we had to switch uh, health systems and, and, and health providers had to switch to, to doing a, a lot of a lot of face-to-face visits all of a sudden changed to uh, to visits either either by phone or 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 over the computer, and 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 similarly on the research side, both Dr. Pratinsky and I are involved and have been involved in a number of studies where we had to change gears and 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 come up with innovative ways of following people in their homes and and where, wherever they may be, um, given given the pandemic. So. Um, the good side out of this is we actually learned quite a bit from this from this experience, as, as difficult as it was for everyone in terms of how to do this better. But in terms of the Pepper Center, that is absolutely one of the foci. And, and again, to come back to what Rick said, I think that you know one of our strengths that we're, we're particularly proud of is is the fact that that our research uh, within one group, within one center, really does span the full spectrum of going from you know from basic laboratory science to to clinical human subject research all the way into people's homes, and that and that's quite unusual. Uh, if you go around the country, you'll find places where each of those components may or may not be done. Uh, sometimes done very well, um, but it's 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 the fact that. What's quite unique about what we do is that all of this is done in a coordinated fashion together, and then we can bring those disciplines and approaches together. And I think that that is part of the reason that we've had uh, such nice successes in, in, in recent years. You are listening to Face Connecticut. He is Dr. George Cushell, joined by Dr. Richard Fortinsky, both from the UConn Center on Aging. They recently were awarded a $7 million NIH grant to support the older adults initiative people might think that you know aging is kind of one size fits all but the more you you research i suspect that's that that couldn't be further from the truth oh that's absolutely correct and and uh yeah you know one of the that's one of the misconceptions about aging one of the most common stereotypes or or ageisms as 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 some would say is this idea that everybody is that all older people are the same. In fact, nothing could be further from the truth. And and if if you happen to be talking to a group of of, of young people, say people in their twenties and thirties, as as I often am when I speak to our medical students, uh, you can actually tell them with confidence that they 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 are as similar to each other at this moment as they ever will be. That as they grow older and as they grow into old age, they will get more and more different from each other. Uh, from every aspect you can imagine. At the end of the day, we're all still the same people that were born. But, but in terms of how, in terms of our health status, in terms of what what diseases we have or do not have, in terms of how well we function, in terms of everyday activities, uh, it varies tremendously. And and the trajectories of aging, the path that we take in aging, not just how long we age, but how well we age, how how well we function, varies tremendously. Uh, many people use the word variability to refer to this others refer talk of uh, heterogeneity but this is this is something that we've all become very passionate about and and something that we very much wish to to address uh, uh, in a more thoughtful more scientific way through through this pepper center grant yeah and another way in which um, people are are very different uh, of course is through uh, racial and ethnic diversity in the population and I think it's important to recognize that even in the older population, the degree of racial and ethnic diversity continues to grow and grow. So 
we are really focused on, and uh, particularly through the Pepper Center now, in reaching out to communities of color uh, throughout Connecticut to be able to hopefully uh, attract them to join our studies, really to help us improve our knowledge about their health and well-being and what independent living means to them. So we really are uh, excited about the opportunity to engage with individuals throughout the racial and ethnic uh, communities in Connecticut. And we are partnering with the Yukon Health Disparities Institute as part of our Pepper Center. And we're also uh, assembling a community advisory board to uh, help us uh, better do, uh, do a better job of, of explaining the kind of work that we uh, plan to do to uh, different communities throughout the state of Connecticut so that we really can tap into the, the great diversity that there is in the state of Connecticut. If someone hears this and wants to participate in a research project, how should they reach out to you? So um, and there are a no- number of ways. Um, we, we First of all, you, you may see advertisements and in, in, we have occasional advertisements in newspapers and the media where we talk about studies that are ongoing. They can come and look at our, our, our website at uchc.edu under the Center on Aging and they can also they, they can also call us at 679-3956 if, if they have if they want to know what what studies are currently recruiting. At, at any given time, we have a dozen or more studies that are actively recruiting uh, for any number of issues aligned with the kinds of problems that I discussed, aligned with uh, studies to help improve mobility. For example, we uh, after hip fractures, one category of studies that we're involved in helping older women improve function after hip fracture uh, to studies involving uh, with coming up with better, more effective influenza vaccination in older adults. But, you know, it's so, so important, a number of COVID-related studies where, as you know, aging is one of the ma- ma- major risk factors of developing severe COVID, um, all, all the way to studies having to do with uh, behavioral issues, uh, memory, and, and depression. So it's a, it's a very broad range of studies. And, and we're always happy to talk to to to, uh, to people from the community, both about research studies or or or, or their their interests in, in 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 advising us how we can how we can uh, do a better job along the lines that uh, that Rick Fortinsky mentioned. I'm curious if in your research have you found that there are some reliable indicators of whether or not someone is able to live on their own and and maintain a high degree of independence versus needing more help in, say, a skilled nursing facility? Well, that's obviously a, an incredibly important um, question. And, and, and in fact, there are some tools. There are tools that clinicians use, uh, that uh, not just physicians, but nurses and social workers and, and others use in determining who is likely to, to, uh, to need help or who needs help right now. And it, what it comes down to is really ability to... to, to, to to safe to take care of yourself safely in terms of uh, in terms of mobility, the ability to walk safely, uh, uh, the ability to take one's pills and to remember to, to do things, uh, uh, all the way to things like um, like ability to to re- remain continent. Um, all of these are incredibly important determinants, and it's not just one factor, but it's 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 all of these, and and uh, so that is an area that that really is. At the core of what we're interested in, and, and understanding, be- using that information to, to come up with better 
better understanding of this variability between individuals. We all know, all of us know individuals in their 80s and 90s who are incredibly robust and aging remarkably well, who, who are who to this day continue in their 80s to participate in marathons and 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 and, and ski downhill. We all know individuals like that. And at the same time, we also unfortunately know individuals who who for one reason or another or multitudes of reasons can't manage alone and need to be in some kind of need some kind of help at home or need to be in some kind of uh, institution. And and the, the 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 reason we're so passionate about this issue of variability between individuals' heterogeneity with aging is not only because it's interesting to us, but much more importantly, because because by understanding it better, we can come up with better interventions, interventions that are better matched, that are better suited for the individual that we're dealing with. That, you know, our, our interest is not treating the average person, our interest in treating the individual who is in front of us, the individual that we're, that we're dealing with because, because of these differences. And I'd like to just um, build on that a bit, uh, Aaron. Uh, in addition to focusing on the individual older adult, as, as Dr. Cushell was talking about, it's incredibly important to get a good sense of their family support system, which gets at your question of who might be able to continue living at home versus maybe not. If, if, if two older adults were of similar uh, health and well-being, and one older adult had a family that was first of all available or you know, even one member of the family, uh, and secondly, uh, willing and able to help them out, then the, the latter person, the one with a, a family uh, support is, 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 is more likely to be able to remain aging in place. So a lot of the research that we do, and this is a particular area that I myself do, uh, is, is in trying to strengthen the family's reserve and resolve to teach them how to take care of their older relatives who might have some degree of either cognitive impairment or physical disability or both, again, in the home setting. Because it's very, very important to make sure that the family is well supported because in most cases, not only do older adults want to stay at home, but their families want them to stay at home as well. But sometimes families don't have the the resources or the knowledge about the medical problems and other other types of conditions that their older relative has for them to be able to continue to do that. So along with doing a detailed assessment, either in the clinical or research setting of older adults, it's really important to do a thoughtful assessment of the family's ability to care and you know what 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 gaps in skills and knowledge do they have and to make sure they take care of themselves as well, because it's often as important for family members who are responsible for caring for older adults to keep their own health as it is for the older adults to keep their health as well. Because if the family support system breaks down, that could really have adverse consequences for uh, the older adults they're taking care of. Dr. Cashel, in our final minute or so, I'm just curious how things have been for you as a clinician during the pandemic working with, with older patients? Well, as, as I alluded to earlier, it's, it has been a challenge, and, and uh, but we have we actually learned a lot from it. I mean, I think that, in, in my view, the healthcare system is, in, in some ways is actually stronger as a result of COVID because we've We've learned that that a lot can be done uh, remotely. You don't have to, you don't have to do 
everything in person. And, and of course, we still seeing patients in person, face-to-face is, is the bread and butter, the core of what we do. But we've learned that a lot can be done remotely. And we were actually also doing research to see where, for example, consultative care, uh, one of our colleagues, Dr. Patrick Cole, is doing a, is very interested in, in the question whether whether uh, there can be things done in the nursing home setting remotely and without having to bring people by ambulance to uh, to, to to the health facility. So it's it's we've learned a lot, but it, but it has certainly been an extremely challenging time, particularly for older adults who've been so affected by. Uh, by this this this, this pandemic and, and and their families and and uh, um, but I think in many ways we we will come out we're we'll be coming out of this even stronger. He is Dr. George Cashel, joined by Dr. Richard Fortinsky, both from the Yukon Center on Aging. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. A pleasure, Aaron. And thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.